you're listening to the Bible Nerd Podcast, a weekly show where we're exploring the world of the Bible, helping you fall more in love with Jesus and building a thoughtful defense for the Christian worldview. I'm your host, Steve Schramm. Welcome to the show. All right. So last time uh, when we were together, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, so again, sort of the purpose of the universe. And we, we, we went down a couple different rabbit trails. It was, it was really good. Um, and one of them, we ended up talking a little bit about young creation versus old creation. And we talked a lot about mature creation stuff. And so I kind of thought it would be really cool to take this week and depending on questions you have and stuff, it may go longer than this, but um, I kind of thought it'd be cool to at least take this week and start talking about like, what's with the age of the earth? Like, who cares? Why is that a thing? Uh, why does it matter? Why has it mattered historically? And, um, and, and I, I, again, I think that um, one reason it's really important is because this is the kind of thing that you will hear talked about in your science classroom, you know, when you go off to college. I mean, was that was that your experience when you went off to college? I, I can't remember where you went. I can't remember if you went to like a, a Christian university or not. But like, did they talk about Age mm-hmm. of the Earth stuff at all or where you were? Or? Well, it was a liberal arts college. Gotcha. Um, and so it was 100 percent, you know, evolution. Um, you know, mm. that's the, the direction of the sciences and that kind of thing. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay, yeah. So pretty standard, right? Ma- mainstream teaching. And depending on where you grow up in, in you know, what kind of, what, what your Christian tradition is and, you know, where you live even, you're going to hear different things from a biblical perspective around that science, you know, around that information. And I, I think I joked, um, at one point in one of our previous episodes that like I had a buddy uh, in, in Sunday school uh, growing up. And I remember one time specifically telling him that his dad was like a, a big time sinner uh, because he was a scientist. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, now I realize his dad and, and my dad and me and you, we're big time sinners, but not just because we're scientists. Like you can be a scientist and uh, be, you know, not so much of a big time sinner. Um, but, you know, it, it's like that has nothing to do with it is my point. Right. Whereas before right. I thought, you know, oh, yeah, if you yeah, if you were a scientist, my gosh, you hate God. Right. Um, and so now I know that that is that is very much not true. And so, you know, so depending on where you grow up, you're going to hear different things. And. Um, I, you know, that's maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing, because, um, you know, in in my, in my view, what I, the position that I take on this is actually not, um, like many Christian universities and, 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 and curriculum, even kids curriculum and stuff. It's the young earth creationist view, which is the view that I hold is, um, is fading in that sense. There are more and more who are going away from that view. Now, there are many more who are coming up and becoming actually becoming scientists and um, and, and theologians and scholars of other sorts and doing uh, good, good work and showing that this view is true. But nevertheless, in, in the mainstream, even in some of mainstream Christianity, it's 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 going away. So so when you go to college, it, it may be less of a shock, depending on, again, where you grow up in your Christian tradition. You know, it may be less of a shock when you get to college to hear about things like evolution and Big Bang and whatever. But just because that's less of a shock doesn't make those views more true. Right? It just it just means that Christians have started teaching more of what secular scientists um teach. And in, in my opinion, they do that to their detriment because I don't I don't think they're right. Uh, you know, I, I 
this is not a salvation issue, right? This is not a sep- you know, total like separation issue. People are going to have different opinions on this, and I'm I'm friends and brothers and sisters with many of them. Um, but it is important. It is important, and so that's why you know that that's kind of the basic idea of why it, why I think it matters. So um, yeah, kind of kind of the uh, general flow here is is I'm just going to kind of dive into some some thinking that I have around why I think we should care about this issue and and what what I think the right position is on the issue. And then Emily's just going to kind of bump in whenever she has a question or, or, or wants to, to interrupt and get some clarification on things. Hopefully it will be fruitful for all who are listening. Um, so uh, broadly speaking, there are, I try, I, I'm trying to distill this down into the most simple way of teaching it because it's almost the kind of thing that again, it's like, why does it, why does it matter? Why are we even talking about this? So I'm trying to make it real clear what the different issues are, and why it even matters. So as it relates to the biblical data, when people read the Bible, what they end up thinking about the age of the earth and, and or the age of the universe, there are, there are three broad views of what that might be. That would be young age creationism, old age creationism, or no age creationism, okay? So... Let me explain each of those briefly. So in a young age scenario, you might have two different main kinds of, of people. And I, I could be forgetting some things here, so forgive me if I am, but I, I don't think I am. Um, and that would be, there are some who believe in like a young biosphere um, or even a young earth, but then an old universe, right? So so they 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 use these techniques to to calculate these things and they believe that well maybe maybe the universe is old it really is 13.8 billion years old or whatever god really did create that long ago <laughs> but that the earth is a is a more recent creation of of god and again they would do fancy things with the text and with science to sort of show that that was the case um and then in the young age camp, you're also going to have those who are um, who take a more young creation in general approach. And actually, this is why. So the common the common tongue of this would the view is known as young Earth creationism. I don't like that word for two reasons. Number one, it comes with a lot of baggage. <laughs> uh, automatically, when you say you're a young Earth creationist, that that has just a lot of baggage in theological circles that unfortunately you don't even want to be associated with a lot of the times. And I hate to say that, but but it is true. Um, and that's just because there are many creationists and I won't go too deep into this, but many creationists have given, uh, given it a bad name, uh, you know, frankly, because they, they, they major on the minors is, is maybe a sim- simple way to put it. And so I, I like to distance myself from that in this subtle way. The other thing is it's more accurate. Um, I, I, I believe in a young age for the earth and the universe as a whole. So it's a more accurate view. So that's why I take that, that position and, and frame it that way. Um, so that's young age creationist. Then you've got an old age creationist, which there are three basic camps of, of this. And that would be a, a progressive creationist, which is somebody who, um, essentially believes that the, the, the days of Genesis one that are described there could be understood not as literal, like sun rotation days, but they could be understood as epochs or eons of of time and that throughout those eons of time god was progressively creating organisms and um and and light you know nature and whatever um in stages and so there are periods of 
supernatural activity where God is creating over the course of, of time. So it's not evolution per se, even though it follows the same, the same sort of time scale. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a view where there's lots of supernatural in, in, intervention and, and creation as a process over, over eons. Um, then there's evolutionary creationism, which fits under old age. And that, so that is basically the view that everything we, everything that current science and seems to, to teach about evolutionary theory, biological evolution, you know, chemical evolution, cosmic evolution, it's all true. Right. It's, it's, it's all true, but basically God started the process off in the beginning of, of evolution. And I mean, yeah, he knew how things would turn out or whatever, but he's not. And again, their, their, their view on this is even a little fuzzy. So trying to, I'm trying to do a justice in my explaining it, but you know, God's not, God's, God's not turning the evolutionary dials as it were to necessarily make things happen how he wants them to on this view. It's, it's just the natural course of human evolution takes place and God starts that process off in the beginning. And so there are people who, who typically own this view are, are very hesitant to um, insert supernatural activity into the process of evolution, um, even though they are fine with supernatural activity in the creation of life and everything well how do how do they explain how do they explain genesis with this view mm -hmm. so because the progressive obviously has a way to explain it because it's not a literal 24-hour day but how do how does exactly. how does the evolutionary okay so the evolutionary creationist that's actually a a, a good question we're going to get there in a second because there's a no age there's a no age view and a lot of times the evolutionary creationists borrow the no age view when it comes to the biblical information. So I'll circle back to that. Okay. Okay. The, uh, the third and, and I think final uh, old age kind of view that's out there is something like it has different names, gap theory or ruined restoration theory. And this is sort of broadly speaking, the idea that, that there is, time that, that all this deep they call it deep time in the scientific you know vernacular um these this 13 to 14 billion years of time um these are folks who believe that it can be inserted somewhere in the bible and usually they try to do this within the first few chapters of genesis or the, excuse me the first few verses of genesis one and they will try to say that there is a undisclosed gap of time there that um that that can account for the history of life on earth um that actually has numerous problems you you saw, you saw a lot of this in the early 20th century it was still popular even into the mid 20th century um it's not as popular today because frankly i mean i wrote a whole like a 6000 word blog post about this um that anyone is welcome to go check out. And if I remember, I'll, I'll put it in the links in the show notes. Um, but it th honestly, this view is just kind of dead in the water. Um, it, it's dead in the water scientifically and it's dead in the water um, biblically. Gram the, the Hebrew grammar in those first few verses of Genesis 1 just doesn't even allow for any time to happen where they want to put it. it it's just impossible. So um, as more has been learned about 
you know, the Semitic languages and things like that, this has been uncovered. And so the, you're, you're not going to find, especially any Hebrew scholar who holds that view today. So uh, you've got young age, then you've got, you've got old age, and then you've got this no age view. Now, now this is what, this is coming into more fashion these days. Um, again, because as we have discovered more about ancient cultures and things of that nature, we have been able to learn, you know, not only a, a better understanding of their language, but uh, a better understanding of their worldview. And this is a view that I'm actually kind of sympathetic of because I am a huge fan of ancient cultures, um, especially ancient Semitic languages and stuff. I mean, I love, like, I can't read Hebrew, um, but I've tried learning. I, I love the Hebrew language. I love um, understanding ancient Israelite culture and the cultures from Meso Mesopotamia and just other cultures that were around them. So I'm sympathetic to this view because I, I do believe a lot of things, like I've talked a little bit about the divine council worldview. I believe a lot of things that actually depends on on some elements of truth being to you know, the, the fact that, that these ancients viewed the world differently than us. But this is a particular thing that I just think they get wrong, um, scholars who teach this, this part of it. Okay. And so, so there in the no age camp, there are really two, um, you know, two groups of people. So one of them takes, um, what, what, what might be called a cosmic temple or a, a functional creation view. And so this is uh, John Walton is the name of the scholar who has really popularized these ideas. And the hypothesis is that whatever is going on, specifically in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, whatever's going on there, what the text intends to teach is purely theological. It has, on this view, again, it has nothing to say about the age of the earth, about science about zoology you know about about human you know whatever it is purely theological and purely functional right so on this view when god you know creates the sun and the moon and stars you know to be as lights in the heaven and to be you know to help mark calendars and times and seasons and days and all these things when god does that he's not Genesis 1 is not describing his creation of those things. It's describing his assignment of their function as it relates to a human being living on planet Earth. That thing, that's for this. That thing, that's for this. Um, so that, so um, evolutionary creationists, to go back to your question, love to latch on to this view because it doesn't require them to take a scientific position of any sort as it relates to the, you know, the biblical information. And there's another couple terms I'll throw out here, uh, trying to go slow and sort of make sure that I'm covering all my bases. Um, there's a difference between a concordist and a non-concordist. And a, so a concordist would, would say that um, the scientific or, or that the Bible is intending to teach scientific information, even advanced scientific knowledge. And then the non-concordist would say that the, the Bible is not trying to teach advanced scientific knowledge. Now, 
I, I, I didn't even write this in my notes, but I do think it's important as we're looking at the spectrum because it's kind of like if you were to take, um, and, and uh, I, 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 we're on video, but people listening are not seeing the video. So I, 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 I forget that. But like, if you were, if you were to imagine in front of you, um, three, you know, like columns, right. And one column you had young age in the middle column, you had old age. And then on the right column, you had no age. And you took those three views. If you were to like go right above that and just put two columns and you were to write concordist and non-concordist, you could draw lines between these that would end up crisscrossing because different, different people hold different views among the young age, you know, among the age spectrum, even between the, the concordist versus non-concordist, right? So, um, you could theoretically have an old age creationist. Most old age creationists actually are concordists because what they're trying to do is actually match historical events that, you know, Genesis 1 talks about. They're trying to match that with what we know or what they claim to know about the development of the universe, right? So, so they, they actually want to say that Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They, they want that to correlate to a big bang. Like legitimately, they want, they want that to describe a big bang. Okay. They want, again, broadly speaking, when, 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 when God says, let there be, you know, animals and whatever, let there be fish, like in their mind, that correlates somewhere in the history of the earth to an actual creation event that happened on an epoch or day of creation, um, the fifth epoch or whatever, where, where God creates the, the fish and the birds, like that, they want that to correlate to something actually scientific. And that would be a concordist view. A non-concordist view could sort of allow for that, but it, it doesn't hold its feet to the fire. So I, so I actually take what would, so most younger, most, most, excuse me, young age creationists would consider themselves to be concordists. Um, and most no age creationists would consider themselves to be non-concordist. Now I take, um, I take a non-concordist position personally. I used to be a, a concordist. I now take more of a, a, a non-concordist view with the with the very careful qualification that even though the Bible isn't trying to teach science, it is teaching history. Um, and sometimes things that happen historically in the real world will be things that have implications for science. So, for example. I take it as historically accurate that the Bible says that, that, that on the fifth day of creation, sorry, the 12 days of Christmas just started coming through my mind. Um, on the fifth day of uh, creation, you know, God creates the birds and the fish, right? And, and so, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think that historically happened. And so by virtue of that, Again, there is this scientific implication that will happen. There is an implication for this in that God created these things on this day and their life forms began to exist on this day. So there's a scientific implication, but I'm not, 
I'm not concerned that Genesis is teaching science here. I- I'm just saying that Genesis is teaching actual um, history. Okay, so the the way things actually happen. So I didn't. I don't want to c- you know confuse or muddy the waters too much, but there is sort of that concordist and non-concordist thing that's sort of floating above this spectrum of the of, of different people's view on the age of, of creation. Um, and then one more thing, and then I want to kind of pause and see if you have any thoughts here. Um, there's because there's another no age view. So right when I say no age, let me make it clear that that it's not like these people don't have any opinion on the age of the earth, but they don't believe the Bible says anything about it. That's the point. No age means they just don't think the Bible has anything at all to say about the age of the earth. And so, right, one of those is going to be that cosmic temple, um, functional creation view, which basically is, hey, th- these chat, you know, this early Genesis is really just talking about um, creation as the temple of God kind of foreshadows the future temple of Israel and has parallels to temple motifs and language in other ancient Near Eastern cultures. And so therefore what it's teaching is purely theological. It has nothing to do with the biosphere at all. Um, and then the other view under, under the no age is um, what we, what we could call um, analogous days. Um, different people have slightly different, you know, takes on this, but the, the broad idea is that the, yeah, sure. The, the days in Genesis one are what is literally meant. There is literal ordinary solar days. I mean, Exodus 20, 11 says, you know, in six days, God created the heavens and the earth, you know, six days, God created the earth and all, you know, all the things in them. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, so those days are literal days, but, but they didn't mean for the reader to understand by that, that God actually created in those literal days. It, the idea is that it's an analogy, right? The work, the work week, God's work week is an analogy to the human, you know, to the modern human work week. And so because of that, we don't, we don't, we're not forced to take these passages literally or or scientifically um we we are we are given the freedom if this view is true to um to interpret these as merely analogous and then we can we can you know assume whatever time scale that we we want to um so that uh, yeah yeah so i'm I'm through i like nowhere near even through like my main points this was just like the the open this was this part was supposed to take two minutes and it's taken almost the whole time uh so uh but i, I want to be clear though i'd rather it be clear these are things that a lot of us as christians who've been christians all of our lives have no idea mm-hmm. that there are different levels of of this you know yeah in, in the scientific field i mean there's different levels of evolution that that are believed sure. so i mean it's 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 across the board you know so i'm i'm glad that you went into detail about all of that yeah yeah good good um do, so do you have any uh questions about, like based on what we've talked so far what was it was it clear enough or I, I think it's clear enough. I'm interested to hear some of your reasonings of why you believe, you know, in the young earth, because I feel like just you talking about it and talking about, I feel like I am leaning more towards the old age a little bit, yeah. more of the progressive, just a little bit um, 
and also concordus and and those things like yeah. my my brain is like okay well then that makes sense and that makes sense and that yeah. makes sense but i'm interested to hear obviously i don't have all the details i'm interested to hear your take on young earth um and young universe yeah because i'm because i'm leaning towards an, another direction just with this information presented so yeah yeah What's interesting is, um, and, and this, like, so I have all of this laid out, right? I definitely plan to go through and talk through all, through all of those things. Um, but what's funny is that the sort of progression, progressive creation, old age, believe it or not, that that's probably the view that's falling most out of popularity with biblical scholars. Now, it makes the scientists happy, right? It, it, it makes the and I, I guess um, there, there's actually another. We have time for this, and then the, and then you're going to need to run, I think. But um, there is another view that I, I didn't, uh, I didn't put here, um, but it would fall underneath the, of the no age, um, and, and that is just it's broadly associated with the intelligent design movement. Um, the reason why I didn't really mention it is because the intelligent design movement doesn't take a position at all on the biblical data um it's not that they don't have personal opinions about it but but the intelligent design movement like the discoveries institute for science and culture is real is probably like the foremost you know you know organization for this and their their research team spans across the board of of young earth creationists old earth people who are personally convinced of young earth creation old earth creation etc but but their burden is not to prove that their their burden is just to deal with the scientific data, and so a, a lot of people tend to 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 like the progressive creation, et cetera, because it it's trying to match to real life. Again, it sounds really good. Um, the but but the problem is that the biblical scholars are pretty well convinced. And again, we're going to talk through some of this. I'm just kind of wetting the appetite here. You know, biblical scholars are pretty well convinced that you just can't get to that view with any serious look at the biblical d- data. Like, uh, you, I mean, there are problems. Like, you know, one problem, for example, is that the order of things, if, if you want there to be these epochs of time to to where like these actual epochs of time in the physical world match with the order of events in Genesis, well, you've got a problem because the the order of events is is off like vegetation being you know created um you know like after animal life and and or before animal life and things like that like, like grass and like I mean, there are a lot of little things um that that come up that provide that prove like some some flies in the ointment for those for those views and so um it's really so anyway i'll, I'll just say that to to whet your appetite but um just know that yeah, there, there are. There's a reason why there's a spectrum of views here, and I will try to be fair to each of them. Um, and I, I, uh, I, I'm almost more. I don't know these days in general when it comes to both the science and the biblical stuff. Um, you know, I'm more interested in making sure that my view is the right one than I am necessarily looking at reasons why the other ones aren't true. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, mean, I am interested in that, and I have done that work, but. Um, it's just, I don't know, it, it's a lot less stressful 
to have to prove everyone else wrong if you can just prove yourself right, <laughs> you know? And so um, anyway, that so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But yeah, we'll talk through some of those things and, and feel free to ask as they uh, as they come up, because as we look through and I'll just preview a little bit what I want to what we'll probably get into next time after we talk a little bit about the history of this debate. I want to take you through the the main thrust of the issue, why I think it's even important to be a young age creationist. And I, I put it in, into a, I guess it's an a, is it, I always mess up the difference between an acrostic and an acronym, but it's the word Adam. And, um, and, and so A would stand for we have the accuracy of the biblical account um, is at stake when you're looking at these issues. D is the death before the fall. Um, there's issues to talk about there. If there was death before the fall, does that work? Um, and uh, A, the next A is a truly risen savior. Uh, spoiler alert, the, a lot of these views, um, there's huge implications for whether or not there was a historical Adam. And if there was a truly risen, physical, resurrected Savior, um, it matters that there was also a physical, physically created Adam in the very beginning. And as we'll see, some of the other views have problems for that. And then the M is many scientific evidences. Last and you know, but not least, we'll, we'll talk about some of the... Uh, science behind why I take the young age view instead. So yeah, some, some good, I think some really interesting and fascinating episodes uh, coming up. And I, I very rarely had dialogue discussions like this with somebody who's really interested in probing and asking questions. So I think this is going to be a really good study for the next few weeks. That'd be great. I look forward to it.